0: Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Start this series on rediscovering Christmas, because if we would be honest with ourselves, we're not fine, are we? This has been a messed up year. This has been a year that has frustrated us, aggravated us on so many levels. We, we, we've been frustrated with a pandemic that tells us that we can't do the things we want to do. You can't hug the people you love. You can't go see them. You can't be around them. And then we have other things, political, you know, our country's divided. And then families are divided. I don't know how your, how your Thanksgiving was, but for some, they didn't gather, and, and I know families who didn't agree that they didn't gather. Well, y'all just silly if you won't come. We're all okay. We haven't been kissing everybody in the neighborhood. We've just been going to their house every night and playing cards. You, you, you know, and what that does is created us. And, and I have said this multiple times during this pandemic. I don't know if you're guilty for this, but people will go, so how you doing? Fine. I'm just fine. Oh, yeah, we, aggravated, fine, you know. When the truth of the matter is, we're broken. We were broken before the pandemic. We'll be broken after the pandemic. But the pandemic has helped us realize we are broken. are you broken so this morning i want to start a series called rediscover christmas and and what i want to do is as we look in the next few weeks i want us to to work through uh hope peace joy and love and i want us to remind ourselves that our answer is not in some vaccination some political figure in our spouse in our children but the answer is in jesus christ that if we want to rediscover Christmas, if we want the true hope that can be found, it's only through Christ, not in anything we do. And so, uh, son, thank you for that song. He said, now, if you use that video, you've got to give me credit. So I just gave him credit, and uh, I, I appreciate that. I also will say this while I'm doing that. Thank you for your prayers. Um, I am much better, still swollen, but... Hey, it's it's a journey and I appreciate that. So if you have your Bibles go with me to Luke chapter 2 Luke chapter 2 this morning We're going to look at a few verses and we're really going to look at one man Simeon and I want you to see How we discover hope or how hope should affect our lives in this time uh, We're talking about finding hope and uncertainties. Anybody got uncertainties in your world right now? Yeah, we all do and so When we look at the passage, the background of the text is the people of Israel, the people, the Jewish people have been begging for the Messiah to show up. They've been longing and waiting. They have been under the Roman rule. The Gentiles have had them under their thumb. They have been controlling them. They have been making their life miserable. And they have been longing for this Messiah because when the Messiah comes, he's going to kick. Uh, Pharaoh off the uh, the throne. He's going to kick the emperor off the throne. And he's going on the throne. And we will finally find our rightful place. Little did they know that God had a bigger plan. And so as we come to this passage this morning, we come to this moment where Jesus' family brings him to the temple. What we learn from Jesus' family is they are devout in their faith because they're obeying all the laws they are, they've done the purification now they're coming the, the and doing the purification offering they're bringing him to the temple they're dedicating him and it's in this moment that what they have been told by the angels has been confirmed Because up until this moment, nobody else knows. You talk about uncertainty. Here's a 12-year-old, 13-year-old girl who's pregnant because she's betrothed to a man. That means if you've never been around that, in fact, I I got privileged to be a part of one of those services not long ago. It's, It's a service in which they commit themselves to another, and for a year, they are technically husband and wife they do not consummate that marriage they live in separate rooms they, they, they begin their life together but if something happens in that year that one of them is unfaithful or really if she's unfaithful he can divorce her and yet we know that we, we, we can talk about that a 12, 13 year old girl pregnant going whoa, whoa, wait, 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 I promise she hadn't been with anybody, well you want to explain that, no Because you won't believe me. But fortunately, God spoke to Joseph. So now the two of them are together. They understand it is by God, but how do you think everybody else feels? Well, Joseph, how's your parents? What did your parents let y'all do under that roof? Aren't y'all supposed to be... And so they've lived in this uncertainty, and now they come presenting their son to the Lord. And what they find is a reminder of what they've been told, that Jesus will be the hope that people have been looking for. So, if you have your Bibles and you're at Luke 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 21, would you stand as we honor the reading of God's holy word this morning? Beginning in verse 21, it says, eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, He was named Jesus, the name given to him by the angels before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses, after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, If a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord. Either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Gives you an insight to their lifestyle. Not very rich. Verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. He is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul you may be seated so imagine coming to the temple knowing all the background knowing that god has said this to you knowing that this child is is the christ the the one they've been hoping for but yet not but yet knowing nobody else knows that and so you've got to work through this. You, you've become pregnant in your betrothal period. There's still a wedding to come, and you've still got all this happening. And, and nobody else knows. But they go to Jerusalem to present him. Nobody's going to really ask them to show their marriage certificate. Nobody's going to ask them anything. They're just going to do what they're supposed to do. This is their firstborn. Let's, let's do the right thing. Bring him as an offering unto the Lord. And as they walk in, here's this man. Listen, if this was in our church today, we'd gone, whoo, he's a little crazy. Pastor, would you get somebody on security team just to keep their eyes on him? Because he walks right up to him, and he is overwhelmed because he's been praying for this moment. He's been praying for this moment, and it's the Messiah. He takes him in his arms, and I'm thinking, okay, what parent's going to do that I'm to a crazy person? He takes him into his arms, and he begins to reveal what they had already knew. And they were amazed. So this morning I want to look at Simeon. Because when the world around him seems dark and distant, this man has hope. And an uncertainty of all that's going on, he holds to the hope. And it reminds me that you and I need to have that same hope that we need to come to this place where we hold tight to the hope that's only found in Christ. So this morning, here's what I want you to catch. Believers find hope let me move it up here right off. There. Believers find hope when they keep their focus on Christ during uncertainty times. Find hope when they keep their focus on Christ during. Times of uncertainty. So let's unpack this. Let's look at a couple things we find in this text that I want to, to point out to us uh, to remind us that our hope is found in, in this. First thing is, uh, hope is found only through the salvation of Christ. Only through the salvation of Christ. Now, we can hope in a lot of things, can't we? We can hope that that... I don't know that UK makes it to the national championship, but after you watch yesterday's game, you, you, I mean it's a miracle if they get there, right? We can hope in everything, but that hope does us no good. It's only true hope is only found through salvation. Notice what Simeon says there in verse verses uh, 30 and 31 and 32. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all peoples. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of the people of Israel. I have seen your salvation. In other words, Simeon knows that the only hope that people have is not in a new king, but in a God who comes. And the same thing is for you and I today. It doesn't matter who our president is, who our governor is, who our mayor is, who our county judge executive is. It doesn't matter in any one shape or form. Oh, it makes life easier. To, don't, don't misunderstand me. But our hope has to only be in Jesus Christ. And anything outside of that is a lost hope. And You go, well, wait a second, Pastor. I hope my marriage stays together. But if you don't put Jesus in your marriage, then what hope do you really have? Well, Pastor, I'm praying for my children, but if you don't put Jesus in in front of your children, what hope do they have? Jesus is the answer, folks. If it's not for Jesus, I'm a terrible, broken person who stands before you. You don't want to be around me if it's not for Jesus. Because I am a sinful person. I know my sin. I know what I could do if it wasn't for Jesus. And before you get too far off the bat, you're in the same boat. Because if Jesus hasn't transformed your life, you know how broken and sinful you really are. Every morning I get up, I'm broken and needed Jesus' grace. Hope is only found through Salvation in Christ. Not in me being a better person, because guess what? I'm going to stumble and fall. Not me being better at paying attention, because I'm going to chase rabbits. Only through Jesus Christ and him alone. What's the hymn, hymn that we do um, no, my hope is built. I had to write it down because I wasn't going to remember. My hope is built on nothing less than Erty's righteousness. Would you sing that with me? My hope is built on nothing less than Erty's. Y'all not singing that with me. Is that not the, how we should sing that song? No. It's not Erty's. It's whose? Jesus' blood and Righteousness. My hope was built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust. Go ahead. The what? Sweetest? On Jesus' name. Yes, yeah, I, I knew I'd forget one of those lines. Only through salvation in Christ. So, this morning, look, look with me real quick. If you're here and you don't know Jesus... You have no true hope, and you need that hope. You can hope in your marriage, you can hope in your girlfriend, you can hope in your children, you can hope in your grandparents, you can hope in everybody, but true hope comes through salvation of Christ, and you need to know Jesus. second thing we learn from this text that that Simeon helps us with is that hope will be amplified by the Holy Spirit. Hope will be amplified by the Holy Spirit. I can still remember the first vehicle I ever purchased. The first one I ever got was my dad's 1974 Chevrolet Love. You couldn't do about 45 mile an hour or 50 and it overheat. Dad liked it that way. You know, it had that little Azuzu engine. I think we'd rebuilt that thing three times. That's six months after I was driving, I put that around the telephone pole. So, um, My first one I had that I purchased, and I kept the check for the longest time was a 1984 Ford Ranger. Yeah, 1,200 bucks, I wrote that check. Had one of those 2.0 motors in it. Marshall Bailey, that thing wouldn't do 50 miles an hour. But I'll never forget, I was proud of that little truck, had a little four speed in that thing, wouldn't go very fast, worst motor Ford made. Anyhow, one thing I knew that truck had, Sound system because cars in those days didn't come out with a sound system like they do today. I mean, you can buy a car today and you can you, you get it pretty thumping and loud. So, as a 16 year old, what was my number one priority? Got to look good and sound good, no matter how fast you could or couldn't go. So, in 1994, uh, well, it wasn't 94 when I got that truck, but the time I got that truck, I started wiring all the speakers I found, all the speakers I could get my hands on in that little truck. I had a bracket, I welded a a bracket in the shop, drilled a hole through it it, got it up under the dash, put two speakers there, put two speakers behind, and I'm telling you, I could amplify that noise so that no matter where I was, you could hear me coming down the street. You couldn't sing Hank Williams, you could hear Hank Williams Jr. coming long before I got there, you know what I'm saying? Amplified. Holy Spirit does that in our lives with hope. When our our faith is in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and begins to amplify our relationship. He amplifies that hope that is found in salvation in Christ alone. The Holy Spirit becomes alongside us and begins to lead us and guide us. In fact, let me give you two things that the Holy Spirit does. First one is the Holy Spirit teaches us the things of God teaches us the things of god the holy spirit is is the one who gives us insight and wisdom to ask to what god wants to do because if it was left to us we would do the things we would want to do but we need to know what god wants us to do and so the holy spirit comes along and teaches us this john tells us this and i will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever that counselor is going to be our guide and give, give us teachings to help us know how to live our life. The second thing the Holy Spirit does for us is the Holy Spirit is the source of wisdom. Wisdom. Anybody here need wisdom? Yeah? to know how to navigate the day, how, how to overcome the temptations, how to deal with the problems we face, how to keep our eyes on them? On the prize. The Holy Spirit is our source of wisdom. The Holy Spirit does a lot of things. He intercedes on our behalf. He helps us in prayer. But but I gave you these two that he teaches us, and he's our source of wisdom. Look at what Paul writes. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our source. The truth of the matter is we don't get the Holy Spirit without Jesus. Now look at the text with me, because let's have a conversation about that for just a moment. Look back with me at verse... uh, 27 Verse 27 says that day the holy the spirit holy spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to the present present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required. Verse 25 it tells us he was a righteous and devout man and the holy spirit was upon him. So let me, I want you to catch this for just a second. This is a sidebar. Oftentimes we think the Holy Spirit doesn't show up on the scene until Jesus leaves this earth. And that's not true at all. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity and has been around since the beginning. And Simeon receives the Holy Spirit just like you and I have received the Holy Spirit. We have confessed God to be our one true God. We have given our life over the repentance of sins. So at this moment in his life, the Holy Spirit is upon him and it is guiding him. same is true for you and I today. If you will recognize that Jesus is the only way in salvation, he's our only true hope. If you believe that Christ died for your sins. You believe he rose again. You can have eternal life. Simeon was a devout man, a man given to the Lord. And because of that, he was guided by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit amplified his life. How's that work for you? We understand amplification. 1994 Ranger, man, it could, it, we could rock and roll all day long. Muffler could have been falling off that truck, I'd never hear it. Well, the question is your life can be falling apart and not know it because you're amplified by the Spirit. You're so connected to, to God, trusting Him, even when the world looks at you and goes, Man, how are you making it? What do you mean? Well, you look like you're falling apart. But, oh, God's got it. I don't need I, that. That's not even slowing me down. Simeon was a man who who lived and longed to see the Messiah. God had promised to me that it would happen. He recognized he would bring salvation, and that salvation was going to look different than what Jews thought. And on that day, the Holy Spirit said, hey, today's the day you need to go to the temple. Listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, he went to the temple. And when he went to the temple, he saw the Messiah. All the chaos going on in his world, all the chaos going on, he was prompted by the Spirit to go to the temple that day. This leads me to the third thing. Hope is to be continual. Hope is to be continual. I mean, you, you think about this period of time when God's been silent for 400 years and Rome has had their hand on them. People could argue all day long, where is God? Why is he not showing up? And people can be glass half empty people. Simeon kept hope. Because he knew hope is greater because God is greater. Hope is continual. On this side of eternity, hope will never, never be achieved. Let me explain that. This past week. I was prepared for for my surgery. Um, I I worked myself into knowing there was going to be some pain along the way. And I I just need you to know up front, I'm not a very good patient or with patience. Okay? You all need to pray for my health or pray for Pam, one or the other, because if I ever get really in trouble, and I know my surgery was not a major surgery but I'm not you know driving to the hospital my wife said listen if this turns out like the last time we're done <laughs> okay we listen the last time she was with me as a surgery uh, quickly I cut an artery in my leg she had to take me to the hospital uh, we were dating and I got to the hospital we spent the entire day because the, they thought they could just stitch it and, and you no know, you gotta knock me out where that thing is finally knocked me out, been there all day, ready to go home. Nurse says, you ready to go home? Yep. She puts me in a wheelchair and I get sick. She says, don't move. Don't move. I got to lay down. Don't move. I'll get somebody to help. I stand up out of that wheelchair and I jump back in that bed. I'm not a very good patient or with patience. So I knew that going into this week. And so my, my, my goal was I got to get through day one because I know day one is going to be the worst. If I can get through day one, I'm downhill. Well, I got through day one and a half, night, and all through the next day, and, and it got worse. And so now my days started going, Lord, I just hope that this, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping for a better day or a better, give me a better couple of hours. Not a good patient, not a good, don't have patience. And every day I was hoping for something better. And I wasn't always getting that until the drugs kicked in. Thank you. But here's the thing. A week and a half later, pain's not anywhere comparable to what it was. And if I put all my hope in that, now that I now that I'm better, you look back and go, "Really? That was my hope." I mean, you knew you had to get through the pain. What's next? It's like if I offered, you, if I told you I have a hundred dollar bill in my pocket, you could hope that you get it, and and if you got it, once you got it, what's next? See, our hope is continual in that Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins, and he has something much greater for us on the other side of eternity. And so our hope is continual in that no matter how bad it gets right now, how broken we are right now, there's a better day of coming. There's a much better day of coming because of what Christ has done. Our hope must be continual, not in the moment Because look what happens. Look what what Simeon says to to Mary. Verse 34 says, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, The baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God. Hallelujah. Then he's got these three little words, these three letters. It's like, why do you have to give me these three letters? B-U-T. But. Many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many's hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your very soul. Did you catch that? See says, hey, listen, this young man, this baby is destined. He's God in the flesh. But in the process, you'll go through pain. You'll go through pain. Our hope has to be continual in the midst of uncertainty, because we got to travel through pain to get to where God wants us to go. And As broken people, that pain hurts. As broken people, we struggle. prayed with a man this morning who lost his brother due to suicide. Hurts. Broken. Broken. But our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not somebody turns around. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us in eternity. So two things we learn about continual hope. Hope requires patience and confidence. Now I'm not gonna be, I'm not, I'm just gonna be honest. I prayed through this process and God, God, thanks for the patience. I'm good with it. Let's not try this again, okay? Check me off the patience list. But you know what? Tomorrow could bring something else. My hope has to be and my confidence has to be in, in God alone. Paul writes this in Romans. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already had something, we don't need to hope for it but we look forward to something we don't yet have. We must wait patiently and confidently for that eternal reward. The second thing we find in this text is hope involves alertness and readiness. Alertness and readiness. One of the things we are guilty of as believers is losing our alertness and readiness. You talk about why the church has failed, why the church has lost its uh, grip on society, why the church doesn't reach more people. We've lost our alertness and our readiness. We've turned ourselves into woe is me and not in the eternal hope that's found in Christ. First Peter tells us this, So, prepare your minds for action and exercise self control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So, this morning, my question is simply this Are you broken? Or are you fine? Are you broken? in need of jesus or are you fine friends i hope you're broken i hope with nothing else this pandemic has reminded you you are not in control of nothing and you're in desperate need of the grace of god But as the matthew west song said Unfortunately, we play the game when we say we're fine, we're okay. But the truth of the matter is, as the lyrics said, there's no failure, no fall, no sin. He does not know. He knows it all. So the question is, would you respond? This morning, if you're watching us on television or, or online, I'm going to give you a telephone number. If you're here in this room, I want you to use this telephone number as well. 270-681-2363. 270-681-2363. And just write, I need hope. I need hope. And that that may mean for you something completely different than somebody else. You, You just may need today somebody to pray for you. And we'll have people who'll pray for you. They'll call you and... And just pray. That may mean today for you that you you don't really have the hope that's found in Jesus Christ, the salvation that comes through through Jesus. And if that's the case, we we want to share that with you. But would you would you respond? Would you acknowledge your brokenness? Would you acknowledge that today you need Jesus because you've gone through? heartaches and trials. You've lost a loved one. You're wrestling with the holidays and and your answer is not that if they were still here, your answer is Jesus Christ. And would you just admit that? He is our hope. He is the one we need. Would you pray with us?